let's go from 1950s alternate Japan to the future. We're, we are now going to be in 2029 North and South Korea as we talk the retelling, the live action retelling of Young the Wolf Brigade this week on Shonen and Suds. No, or <laughs> Chris, I think that one was so high pitched that it uh it didn't even pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck man, how the hell are you, bud? I am good, man. I am uh I'm excited, man. This I really enjoyed this movie for the first two hours. I will tell you didn't that. We all. Yeah. Didn't we all? And then um, yeah, man. And then you just turn it off right then, right at two hour mark, just just turn it off. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can't stress that enough. And of course, you know, we'll dive into that a little bit more because, you know, we're actually this is our second uh, our second live action movie we're covering here this week. And before we get too far ahead of ourselves, of course, as always, y'all know the voice, y'all know the men behind the mic. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I am Cody Snodgrass. And of course, this is Shonen and Suds. Cody, this is episode 50, the big five zero. That's right. Yeah, we are, we have finally made it, Chris. We are almost at that year mark. Fifty episodes, fifty weeks straight. It's been a uh, quite a journey we've been on here. That's right, and we we almost had to call in sick last week because you were uh, moving. But you know, you're all done with that, Cody. How's it? Uh, how how's the uh, how's the new uh, abode treating you? Oh, it's great, man. That is fantastic. Yeah, I cannot complain. The only bad part is moving. I mean, you know how it is. You got to pack everything up and then just go unpack it. But other than that, yeah. everything's great. We got a a nice home here. I will say that we probably will have some some sound issues on these first, maybe this episode, mm-hmm. maybe the next one, before I get like you know all my furniture like fully set up and everything. But uh, well, absolutely. Uh, but have you unpacked your live, laugh, love uh picture that you like to have on your wall? Is that, is that was that the first thing you unpacked? I sure hope so. I don't think it was. I don't even know what the first thing I did unpack was, Chris. To be honest. Pro- probably <laughs> wasn't the, probably the this, wild honey probably this laptop oh and the alcohol was just the fridge was packed as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as we walked in um but yeah it's been it's been a little crazy with the move and then of course we had the big fourth of july this past weekend um so that kind of put a halt to, to unpacking obviously oh as it does man did you have a good fourth what all did y'all do did y'all, did y'all stick around and well obviously you watched independence day on repeat that's, oh yeah that's just that, what you're supposed to do an absolute staple there uh played some cornhole uh what else did we do grilled you know grilled the glizzies grilled the burgers got it all going uh and then went down to main street st charles which i know you don't know where that's at but you know it's just your your typical hey. your typical county like firework show city firework show oh yeah yeah, it's the hub. It's where everybody stumbles after a long day of drinking just to watch the fireworks go off. Oh yeah, every every town, every town, every city, every county has it. Yeah, and I mean, we there, we've had some issues, like obviously with COVID last year, we had that, so then mm-hmm. that kind of canceled those the plans there. And then I want to say it was either the year before or maybe two years before, where it like flooded down at Main Street. So like, jeez. Oh, Fireworks are always having issues, but uh, this year we got to experience them, and uh, it was great. But uh, what about you, Chris? How was your fourth? Oh, mine was good, um, but before I say mine, it's really awesome to see that. I mean, I got, I'm sure it was a good feeling, things starting to get back to a sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that was a, probably a welcome sight going down to uh, your main street there to watch those fireworks. Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, my, uh, my, my 4th of July was... A little bit less, uh, less but more eventful. We actually had um, my wife's parents, um, her mom and stepdad, came into town, and they pretty much stayed with us from basically the end of last week up until yesterday. Um, so we just kind of hung out. Um, you know, we did some. Uh, they love going to flea markets and stuff like that. So there's a flea market, a really uh, massive flea market, right up the street from our apartment. So you know, we really did all because I still had to work on Friday and Monday, so I didn't really get a long weekend. Um, but we um we did some you know went to a flea market we went to a um a railroad museum we have a, a railroad museum here in uh Richmond um, her stepdad actually worked for I think it was Norfolk Southern which is like one of the big the regional railroads um worked for them for like thirty plus years so it was really cool going you know checking out that and he and you could tell he loved it he loved talking he's like seventy one so he loved talking about that stuff and 
he was <laughs> he was putting the tour guide to shame. It seemed like like he was uh every time he would he would it, it got to the point where I felt like he was chasing down the tour guide to tell him stuff. It was kind of funny. He was funny to watch. <laughs> but uh, love, love that. Yeah, but we just kept it really chill. Just you know really. You know, didn't really do much. Um, there were, I mean, there were fireworks everywhere. You turned your head, you could hear them and see them. So we didn't really go anywhere to look at fireworks. It was awesome though. But glad the holiday's over, ready for things to get back to you know the norm. Because it's weird, Cody. As as weird or as weird as it is, I'm not a big like holiday observer, for lack of a better way to put it. Like I guess because I spent so many years working in restaurants that it was like. Fourth of July, oh, that's just another day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only, like, holidays I really give, like, multiple shits about are uh, obviously Halloween. Halloween's one of my favorites. Thanksgiving's one of my favorites because I like to eat. Um, that and opening day of Major League Baseball. Like, to me, that, like, that should be a national holiday. It's America's pastime. Why can't it be a national holiday? Oh, it's definitely celebrated here in St. Louis, Chris. I can tell you that now. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Then, then maybe I'm living in the wrong area. Maybe, maybe me and my wife need to pack our bags and come on out to the to the Midwest. Come on out, man. We'll get you a nice spot right underneath the arch. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. We can do the podcast with like two Progresso soup cans. Yep, that's right. It'd be great. It'd be <laughs> absolutely great. But uh, speaking of great, Cody, um, you know, like we said, we're covering our second live action movie here on uh, Shonen and Suds. Um, last week, we obviously went over um, Jinro the Wolf Brigade, which we both really enjoyed. Um, and to be fair, like this live action adaption, I like that, I like the rhyme scheme, the action adaption. It's like Action Jackson with Carl Weathers. But um, you hit the nail right on the head, dude. Like it's this movie's a long, it's long. It's like two and a half hours long. But boy, howdy, those first two hours are very, very good. But the ending just, man, it's it's like a like a stick in the bicycle spokes, man. Yeah, man, it is unfortunate. And obviously we'll dive more into it, but I could not believe, like, I, I was fully invested in this movie. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. this, I couldn't believe the reviews were so bad. I was like, these guys are not watching the same movie that I'm watching. Um, exactly. <clears throat> And then I got to the ending, and I was like, "Oh, we are watching the same movie." Okay. <laughs> yes, let me uh... absolutely. But yeah, um, it, it is it is a nice change of pace to actually have like another live action. We haven't had a live action review in forty episodes, Chris. Wow, it's been a while. I had, it's I, been I, a while. I, had, I had to go through the backlog here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, last last time we did it was Death Note, and that was episode ten of Shonen. So. Wow, it feels like it feels like a lifetime ago that we covered Death Note, and um. I will say overall, I mean, obviously we'll rank when it's it's an easy ranking, but we've only got two. Is man, it's it's really really hard because I feel like I enjoyed this movie more than I did the Death Note one, but the ending is so unforgivable. Yeah, that I might just give Death Note the top spot just on principle. Like like Death Note, you knew it was going to be some kind of a different story because mm-hmm. they're cramming thirty seven episodes or what they can of those said 37 into, you know, an hour and a mm-hmm. half. This movie is longer than the original animation, and they somehow still mess it up. And because, like, and, and what I think what makes it hurt more, because, Cody, I remember as I was watching it, like, I was texting you and saying, man, like, this movie's really good. I think it's, it's actually better than the anime. And then, <laughs> then I hit you with the, no, nah, uh, no, the ending. Why? <laughs> yeah, they really they do botch it, but man, so unfortunate. Man. Because like, I you know what? I, I don't want to waste all my good thoughts now. I'll, I'll save those for later. But Chris, please do. But I need to know something, Cody. There we go. We're yeah. coming off a long. <laughs> we're coming off a long drinking holiday. But we that doesn't mean we stop. We don't pump the brakes here on Shonen and Sons. I got to know one thing. One question and one question only. What you drinking? Ooh, crack them up. Good crack in the new room here. Uh, well, Chris, the acoustics. I, yeah, I'm going to see Fast 9 after this, Chris. And, uh, mm. you know, you can't, <laughs> can't go see a Fast and Furious film without two things. Number one, family. <laughs> Clearly, of course, of course. And number two, a nice Corona Extra. 
I found O and D. Well, I, I I got a limited edition Tall Boy Corona Extra. It's got the beach, it's got the chairs, it's got the palm trees, it's got it all, Chris. Oh man, man. Oh, um, I, taste, but uh, taste fantastic. All I'm gonna say is, oh, but I'm gonna need you to drink several more before you get to the theater. Oh, I got a couple hours before, so uh, fair enough. At, at, at any moment that I can slip a drink in, I will slip a Corona into my uh to my schedule here tonight. Beautiful, beautiful, but, uh, beautiful. Well, that's enough about me, Chris. What are you drinking? Well, Cody, uh, I've already cracked mine. I also am in, in, am enjoying a fantastic lager. Um, uh, I'm 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 keeping it classy this week. I'm going with the Sapporo. Um, Sapporo. Just a quick little history here. Like Sapporo is one of the bigger breweries in Japan. One of the oldest breweries, if not the oldest brewery in Japan. Um, the beer they're um they're really known for really is their lager. Um, now the reason that's important, um, you know, I often say that a lot of different regions, when it, when you talk about, like, you know, you're drinking a Corona, this is a perfect example. And I've covered that before. A lot of those beers, uh, those cerveza style Mexican beers are based on German brewing just from early colonization. And Cody, sure as God's got sandals that holds in Japan as well. Um, but in in this case, the brewmaster actually, uh, the brewmaster of Sapporo actually, it, instead of like Germany coming to them, he actually went to Germany and studied brewing uh, technique, um, and he was able to bring that back to Japan. And uh, again, uh, there, if you've gone to any, you know, any sort of um, like restaurant, like hibachi restaurant or any sort of. Um, what am I trying to say here? Like sushi restaurant, more times than not, they carry Sapporo. Um, Sapporo's, I want to say, really big in Japan and also Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but again, very, very uh, simple German styles. Um, I'm a huge fan. Like if I'm if I'm eating sushi, uh, there's just nothing better than one of those tall silver <laughs> shotgun shell cans of uh, Sapporo. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll definitely have to try it because I I'm living with some fans of sushi, even though I'm not a big sushi fan, uh, I I do like to drink. So, <laughs> Sapporo makes everything better. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to add that to the to the list of things to try. Indeed, and uh, you know, I wish you know. With that being said, Cody, I wish I would have had a Sapporo coming down the home stretch of Young the Wolf Brigade. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that, um, but I'm for sure I, I'm I'm kind of sure it's pronounced Young. I th- it, um, it sounded more correct than what I, I was just gonna hop in here and be like Illang the Wolf Brigade. Illang. So. <laughs> yeah, I was bringo the shit yeah, out of that. I, yeah, I was gonna butcher it, so I think you did a a fine job. Um, well, thank you. Well, let's do a real quick tale of the tape here. So, um, so this is basically a retelling of Genro the Wolf Brigade. Um, it's actually um, a live action version was released in 2018. Uh, actually, it was distributed by uh, uh, Warner Brothers Korea. Um, and it's it's a South Korean film, uh, and uh, that's kind of a big deal. There aren't really a whole because um, I want to say it actually competed in a couple of film festivals, and you don't really get a lot of movies out of South Korea that um, that are in, uh, compete in film festivals. Um, now, the the critic reviews for this movie were kind of mixed, um, and. Again, and of course, it's one. It's a it's a sad tale of the movie really underperforming at the uh, box office. But I want to say, you know, it's it's probably seen a lot more success on uh, on Netflix than it has um, probably anywhere else. Because um, Netflix, it, they have the international distribution rights for the film, and I want to say it actually premiered on Netflix in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen as well. Might have even been twenty twenty. Um, cause I know it's, a, it showed up a lot more recently. Yeah. It's kind of tough. Cause this is, I want to say Netflix got the rights in like 2018. Um, but this is a film that won't usually pop up on like your front page of Netflix. This isn't yep. going to, this isn't going to show up like, like a new season of like orange is the new black. You're going to have to like search for this one. Um, yeah, or you'll have to watch something, and they're like, "Oh, hey, by the way, if you like this, you may like this." Like, they, it's it's definitely one of those like, "Hey, this is we're we're gonna stretch for one here, but you may like this." And that's how, that's honestly how I saw it. It had um, 
and had looked at one of my recommendations, and I don't remember what it was. It wasn't even for an anime. It was just for some other random-ass movie that I watched, and they were like, oh, hey, you'd like this. And then as soon as I saw the um, the um, well, the Wolf Brigade, then, I, of course, I looked at it and saw the mask, and I was like, yep, that's a, a live-action Jinro. I'll add that to my list. I'm sure I'll watch this at some point. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Did you watch the original, like, Korean audio, or did you have the English dub over it? I actually had the English dub over it, and to be fair, the English dub was not awful. Oh, Chris, we got some... Got, <laughs> I believe his name's Johnny Young Bosch, is his name? Yeah, I knew I recognized that voice. Oh, that's Vash the Stampede right there, Chris. <laughs> yes, it is, and the Black Ranger from the Lord Zed <laughs> days of Power Rangers. This is Ichigo from Bleach. I mean, he is... <laughs> this guy has right. been covered plenty and plenty of anime uh Osri, yeah. if you're a fan of naruto shupiden i mean the list just goes on and on and on yeah. Even johnny young bosch is a national treasure he's got a load of sailor moon Let's see, what a, i mean jojo's fade zero pokemon i mean he's been in it all um yeah he, he plays True. our main character uh just he's the only one i really recognized um mm-hmm. like right off the bat i was like is that Ichigo? Because I finished Bleach a few years ago. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, watching 300 episodes of that, I definitely recognize the voice. Uh, and I click on it, and I'm like, wait, that's Vash the Stampede, too. <laughs> wait a minute. That sure is. Yeah, that guy's got a very impressive uh, voice acting resume as well. So it's really good to see some... some. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's the only name I recognize, but it's a, it's a, it's a good name to have attached, you know, as far as a dub goes. Oh, absolutely. And I'm trying to remember, he was somebody in... You know what? I can't think of what it was that we watched recently, and I was like, "Oh shoot, he was in this." I'll have to. I'll mm-hmm. have to look while we're talking, uh, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, but he played a, a voice role in one of the recent shows we, we covered on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll look through it here in a little bit. Um, It'll come to you. It'll come to you. Yeah, reg- like you said, this this dub is actually pretty good as long as you're you can. You know, ignore the lips on the people, which is sometimes kind of kind of difficult to do with a dub over. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Definitely a very enjoyable dub. Yeah, and overall, Cody, um, as far as, you know, going through the movie like we typically do with reviews, we don't necessarily have to do that with this one because overall, Cody, the plot outside of the setting, because like I said, at the top of this thing, um, the original anime takes place in an alternate 19, post-World War II 1950s Japan. This one, the big difference here is this takes place in the future, uh, 2029, where, uh, where and we talked, we touched on this briefly last week, where this actually takes place in, uh, in an alternate future where North and South Korea are actually preparing to, you know, they've hit a point where they're ready to unify. Um, but also what's really cool is there, there's a bit more of a global issue with that. Like you, you, they, they give a very long, uh, very in-depth and thorough kind of narrative, you know, narration at the beginning of this one, um, which, I, which I did appreciate. While it was, it seemed kind of nonsensical, it wasn't like in the anime where there's like, hey, this is what's going on. They like, they, they bring you up to speed. It's like, oh, hey, here's 2015. This started. Guess what? Here we are in 2029. They they kind of walk you through the whole thing, leading you up to this point. Yeah. And um. Yeah. No, we, go ahead. Um. And we also get to see, like, basically, it's South Korea and North Korea. They're agreeing to unify, and we see like the other like power, like territories, for lack of a better term. Like mm-hmm. the United States has teamed up with like Russia and Japan. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I can't remember if it was China or who it was. Like mm-hmm. Russia, United States. Japan and a few other nations, so it's like all these superpowers are coming together, and like North Korea wants to merge with South or like unite with South Korea. Um, and we also get to see like some a little like some new backstory mm-hmm. on on the special police force because it seems like which I loved, I loved this backstory that sets us up for what's going on, and it kind of sets us up for the horrendous ending also. But, uh... Which is which is super unfortunate because Cody, I loved the setup here. So, because so let's just get the, the the simple stuff out of the way. Uh, you have the 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 basically the Capitol Police Force, the Wolf Brigade. You have them. 
you have the other um, like public security force, which is the other group from the other movie, and you still also have the sect. The sect is the people that do not want the they do not want this unification to happen. Um, but the thing that puts the the Capitol Police kind of in the forefront and really puts them in the hot seat with the um, I guess with the um, with the sect and with the private security is they were involved in like a mass school shooting. Um, basically they, they, they had gotten faulty information and they ended up like killing a bunch of kids and they show that scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They killed a whole bunch of little girls like in, in a school. Like I was like, yeah. oh, okay, all right, this is new. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more of a fleshed out or fleshed out story. Um, mm-hmm. Right but, uh, bat, but right. what's unfortunate is it does it does come back to bite us in the ass at the end, which is the most unfortunate part. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, from there we kind of pick up right where the original movie kind of took off. Um, we got our character. Yeah. Our characters have different names, of course, in this. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'd be lying if I told you I remembered all their names. Um, <laughs> no, and it's okay. But we're we're basically getting the same setup. We've got. We've got a young girl who they really play up the whole Red Riding Hood thing. They, they, they have that. She goes and gets the bomb. There's the riots in the streets with the sect and the police. Um, we get the same thing. They start throwing the bombs into the police, and, and like they throw multiples. Like This, this is a really good scene. I was like, wow. The, the, the world building and like the way everything looked was very, very good. And I genuinely think that having this setting in the future did the movie a lot more justice than having it set in the past. And I don't know why that is, but I feel like something like this just, I, I don't know what it is about this story. It just felt feels like it being in the future does it a lot more justice, makes it a lot more believable, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, I, I agree. And like you said, the first few scenes are super impressive. I mean, it is, it's almost shot for shot. Like, just the animation come to life. I mean, you got this huge, like, mm-hmm. group of, uh, like, the police officers with all the riot shields. They're, the sect are throwing Molotovs everywhere. And then even mm-hmm. when they go, like, down into the sewer system, like, it just looks exactly like how the anime... Like, if you yep. can a- imagine a perfect retelling, like, this is probably it. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool, too, especially when they, when, um you know, it gets to the point where, I mean, obviously they send... The, the the wolf brigade is down in the sewers following the sect as it was before and when it opens up into the the kind of the the the, uh, the kill zone area that they uh, they uh, were first introduced in um in the anime like it looks almost exactly the same yeah and we get that cool scene where you know they all come marching in and they've got like these almost like like riot shield type things so the the one thing that's right off the bat and it's I liked how they kind of did it um is that they made the um they made the um what am I trying to say? Uh like the armor's a little bit more it, it's a little I guess it's a little bit less impenetrable because like they've got like these almost like riot shield gauntlets like attached to one of their arms. So they're mm-hmm. able to like push through like these these shields are thicker metal, but like you see one or two of them get shot, but like they, they kind of get right back up. But as Previously in the anime, they just melt these uh these these sect members uh from across the room. Just just turn them into Swiss cheese as as expected. Yeah, and of course we also get the same scene where you know our our main character comes across the little red riding hood mm-hmm. carrying the bomb, and he kind of questions her. He's like, surrender. Um, mm-hmm. and we know how this goes. You know the other soldier like pulls him out of the way just in time before the explosive goes off. Um. And yeah, they're kind of they're kind of in on the hot seat again uh, because obviously they had the bloody is it Bloody Friday or Bloody Sunday? I think it's Bloody Friday. A uh, Bloody Friday was the incident. Yeah, so now they're in another incident, and of course it kind of picks up picks up right where the anime again. Like you see, like the the generals and like the the big wigs of of these mm-hmm. police forces talking about our main character. Um, let me see if I can pull up his name. Mm-hmm. Jong Kyung, I believe is how you pronounce it. What yeah. was, his, what was uh, his name from the first one? Fusei? Fusei, yeah. Fusei was the Japanese name. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Fusei because I remember that name. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely fine. But like our boy Fusei, like we get to see him. He's actually like not quite <clears throat> like in in the anime. He's just running laps outside, like no big deal. And this one, he's actually getting some staples. He's actually got a couple like a couple wounds. Um, mm-hmm. but of course he's right back to training. Uh, of course he has to get you know re retrained, recertified. Uh, to continue, you know, working for the the special police unit, but yeah, we get we get, dude. These like training scenes are so much better in this compared to yeah. the anime. Because in the anime, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I don't, I don't actually know what's happening here. And then when you get to see it live action, man, it is just infinitely better in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And and from here again, like we say, the, the plot very much follows the anime. He meets the girl who is supposedly um, the other girl's sister. You quickly find out that that's not the case. But what I do like here that they do is they actually create more of a, um, I, I don't want to say more of a love story, but you do get to see their relationship kind of flesh out a little bit more in this version which i did like um because that's one of the things i didn't really care for in the anime is that like these people kind of they they kind of fall in love with each other at least you know in a in a topical sense but we never really see that truly flesh out right um which makes sense in the anime because it turns out like fusei still got his own like agenda and you know at the end of the day he ends up putting her down um Mm -hmm. In the anime, and we'll, we'll get to that part too. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and just before you go on, like when mm-hmm. when they first meet, like they're meeting in a place that she used to come with, like her family, and she's like, "Oh, there's my bookstore. You want to come see it? Yep. Like I keep this place in business, even though I don't make much money. Like my dad used to run it, and like mm-hmm. of course she takes him into the bookstore, and then she like kind of tells him like this alternate version of Little Red Riding Hood, and like yep. The way they do it is so much better, and they have like a little like like a cartoon graphic that displays the while she's talking and like you know talking them through the story. I think the way they handled like even that aspect, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like just the Little Red Riding Hood aspect was so much better in this. Uh just because like in the anime they're just like randomly on train cars going places that I don't even know where they're supposed to be going, and you just hear her narrating in the background telling the story of the Little Red Riding. So, yeah, I was I was all in on this. Like you said, they definitely flesh out this relationship. It's a lot more believable than just mm-hmm. like a, hey, your sister died in front of me. Okay, you you want to hang out? <laughs> like, exactly. You want to go get some Coronas and yeah. some Applebee's? Yeah, like it's definitely much more believable in this story. No, absolutely. And um, again, not not to necessarily go down that continued rabbit hole but we hit that point where you know he realizes she's not who she says she is and you know she's been given explicit instructions because the trap is still the same right the the public security force still wants to pin something on the the capitol police and she's the cornerstone in that plot and they're they're meeting and they're at this uh this really cool um like a high rise, like an observation deck of this, um, like a not, um, it's a um, almost like a museum kind of thing. It's um, yeah, there's definitely like an exhibit going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find and, uh, the actual name of the tower. Uh, Nam uh, Tower, Namsan Tower, I believe is what it's called. It's in, uh, I want to say it's in, uh, it's like the tower that's in Seoul, mm-hmm. um, but very similar to that. Um, yeah. It might actually be that same tower, but um, we get our. So I'm going to go ahead and say this again. This is one of those movies that really lends itself well to live action because there's really nothing over the top. There's no, no one's got superpowers. No one's ninja jumping off of walls. There's no chakras. There's no Kamehameha blast. No one's got quirks. No, like, like these are just highly trained killers, right? Mm-hmm. And we we get some very born identity esque action scenes, especially here, like because our man Fusei just kicks the shit out of all these guys <laughs> because basically the trap is sprung. He's not able to escape. Um, 
So he has to pretty much lay waste to all these people that are trying to shoot him. And it's really cool because there's like he's like maneuvering through these exhibits, kind of taking them out one at a time. Uh, gets to a point where he has to escape out the window, and we have like a diehard moment where he uses the uh, the fire hose to get out and over, um, and he's able to bring uh, the girl with them. Yeah, yeah, man, dude, I was all in on these action scenes. I actually saw oh, it's great, dude. I saw a review on Rotten Tomatoes that was talking bad about the action scenes, and I was like, we we must yeah. have not watched the same movie, like, yeah, surely we're not watching the same movie if that's how they feel. Yeah, because like. And there was plenty of action scenes too. Like even though this was like a longer movie, like mm-hmm. there's the action is is fantastic. <laughs> I thought there was plenty of it, uh, but clearly some Rotten Tomato guys disagree with me. Uh, but yeah, th- this action scene, and then like even after he gets down, like through the using the fire hose and all that stuff, like then they, you have like mm-hmm. the like the parking lot scene where now he's got to like oh, so good. S- steal a car and like sneak across this lot, and then like. I, I, I thought we were getting killed at this point, Chris, because <laughs> just when you think you can't can't escape, our boy Fuse figures out a way. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. And what what's really cool here, man, is, um again, like I said, we, we get to flesh out a lot more of this stuff, a lot more of the dialogue between the um, kind of the chief inspector of the public security force and uh, our main character, uh, who we will continue to call Fuse for this um, episode. Like, we get to see that, like, we get to kind of outwit each other throughout this movie, which I think, or attempt to outwit each other through this movie, which I think is really, really cool. And it just, it continues to go back to, like, the fact that the, the our main character is, he's, he's elite. He, he, he's, a, he's hard to get one over on. I mean, he saw through the plot. He, you know, he... He knew kind of not to trust the girl because I remember he followed her a couple times and that's when he met like this other girl who seemed kind of out of place. And we'll kind of get to the gripes we have without really, you know, going through them throughout the entire movie. Um, but the, the 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 back and forth that these two characters had, again, was so much more fleshed out. Um, than it was in the anime, which, I mean, again, we got, you know, about 40 more minutes of, of film to flesh out this stuff. And I, I often felt that the original movie could have benefited from, you know, maybe just a little bit of cleanup and maybe like 20 more minutes of just story. Like, let us know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, Cody, but we get to the point where, you know, we get to our big reveal scene where they're back down in the sewer. We get the, you know, we our, 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 our the girl finds out that he is part of the Capitol Police, he's deep cover, he's part of the Wolf Brigade, which is, you know, the elite of the elite, and we get that same kind of shocked moment where she's like, holy shit, you know, you're, you, you, I wasn't who you thought I was, but you were definitely not who I thought you were. Um, And they have the scene where they're gearing him up again, and he's gonna, well, he goes through the sewer, and we get a, you get, that. again, this whole action sequence here where he is just, Murking these uh these uh, public security guys in the sewer is so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, this I mean he he's got the wall hacks on. He's shooting people through walls. He's oh and, my god. And like and he, actually, he even takes a he even takes a harpoon through the leg and it doesn't stop him. Yeah, and they're actually like putting up a decent fight at some points. Like like you said, the harpoon through the leg or like they set up explosives that he barely gets away from. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely seems like it. They're actually killable, uh, but not our boy Fusa. He just keeps on trucking. And uh, yeah, we get that really great scene where he has the standoff in the sewer with the uh, with the chief inspector of the private uh, of the public security force. And Cody, we get your favorite thing: he, the fifty bullets through the water right before it gets to him. Oh yeah, right, right as he's saying like, "How are we any different from each other?" or something like that. Like a cool yeah. little, cool little line. Um, yeah, because yeah. he knows he knows the jigs up. Like, there's nothing he can do. Because he tries like one last ditch effort and shoots like a blooper out of the bottom of his gun, and he like shoots it through the water. Makes and it, like it, it, it. I thought it was really cool. Like he shot almost like a torpedo. Like shot it through the water. It goes up and explodes, but it doesn't stop our boy. He just keeps reloading his gun and just. Yeah, definitely takes care of business there. And then uh, after that, we kind of there, the Wolf Brigade is. And like the special police force is kind of cleaning up the the scene, and mm-hmm. 
we kind of get the scene with like his commander, um, which I want to say his name was Hanzo Hada in the yeah in the original. And this one, I believe it's Lee Gi Siok is very hard mm -hmm. to pronounce. Um, but you know, you kind of get to the point where you know he's like, "All right, we're gonna take her." He's like, and Fusei, this is where he kind of starts to. This is where we kind of start to differ from the, our versions here, Chris. Yeah, a lot. Because Fusei is like, well, why does she have to die? Yep. And he kind of and he kind of he, he he explains it like it wasn't like we can't let we can't let her go back to them, right? And we can't like let they them, need to, and they can't know that we have her, and like exactly. Um. So the best thing to do is just just kill her, which is exactly what they were what the the. The ideal was behind it in the anime, right? But Cody, 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 Cody. Like I'm thinking, okay, because they take her back because they, they want to go ahead and kill her at headquarters. That's what he says that we want to go ahead and take care of her at headquarters or at HQ. Um, yeah, and so but, they, that, but he ends up taking her to like the school or something, right? Yeah, it looks like it's the school where like the Bloody Friday incident happened, and it's also yeah, it's also the same place that <clears throat> excuse me that Fusei and the head of national security or like the, the grunt man who's been like his rival this whole time. It's mm -hmm. like where he gave him the book uh, from the girl's sister who blew herself up. Like, yeah. And so we, we come back to this point. Um, of course you have uh, Lee G's there. He's got the girl um, mm -hmm. and he kind of, they blindfold her and he's just, he tells two of his guys, Hey, all right, go ahead and do it now. And then of course our boy Fusei pulls up. And uh, he basically he's he's wanting to put a stop to this, Chris. And <laughs> which I'm like, wait a goddamn minute, because and then like I'm thinking, okay, well maybe he wants to do it himself. I was like, this is where we're gonna see that he's part of the Wolf Brigade. He's the Wolf. He is the the Wolf in man's clothing. Right. As, right. You know, well, I was like, this is it. He wants to do it himself. She thinks she's saved, but he's not gonna, you know. Well, because she's even like terrified. Like she knows why he's there, mm -hmm. or so we think. Because she's, I mean, she's given the whole spiel. She's like. Oh, mother, what big teeth you have. Oh, what big ears you have. You know, all that stuff. <clears throat> and, like, they're both crying. Like, you'd think... <laughs> we think we know what's going to happen here. Chris. But, uh... Yeah, and uh, and even the commander. The commander's like, all right, well, he's got this. So they, they leave, and he gets a call. The commander gets a call while they're driving away. And we, you know, and we got a sniper set up. He's like, hey, he hasn't done it yet. And, yeah. um... And he's just like, okay, stand down. He hops out of the car and like gears up and goes back. And Cody, then we get this real stupid, you know, Wolf Brigade on Wolf Brigade fight. Like some hand-to-hand -hand combat bullshit. I was like, wait a goddamn minute. What are we doing? Why are we fighting? Dude, it's such a cool fight scene. But like... For all the wrong reasons. Literally, for like, it, it, cool, like, the choreography is awesome. All, all the fighting mm -hmm. that happens, but, like, we, we should be at the credits right now. <laughs> yeah, credits should have definitely rolled. Like, he should have just popped. All right, I did it. On yep. to the next mission, you know what I mean? Very, very... Fr because, like, in my opinion, Jinro is kind of a tragedy. Um, yes, absolutely. Actually, just is a tragedy straight up. And this really takes away from it. Um, yeah, this this feels very, very like low road, trying to take the Hollywood way out, right? Like they're going for like the they're going for the mega happy ending here. When this this movie's not so like the the name of the movie implies that you're not going to have that happy ending. Like this man is a cold blooded killer. Now, granted, the only the only way I can say this even works, dude is because he feels so guilty about murdering all those children, he doesn't want to do it anymore. But if that's the road they're going to take, they need to establish that long before we get to the last, like, ten minutes of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, this, the last, the dude, it's just, I've never been so I disappointed. I would have been okay with it. Yeah, oh yeah, like the movie, like the ending derails the whole thing because eventually what happens is he kills his commander, saves the girl, and they basically run away. And he like, I want to say like he lets her go off on her own. Like she gets on a train and she goes. Well, he doesn't even kill his commander. His He like puts down the weapon and you hear his commander mm -hmm. fire a shot. Yeah. 
Um, but we don't, you know, you don't get to see, like, his commander's the only one with a weapon at that point, so you're like, I, I was like, did they just kill Fusei? Like, did they just kill the main character? I'm like, they have well, just... What the hell's going on here? Well, I remember, like, I paused it when he, like, pulled up to this scene because I had to, like, use the restroom or something. I was like, why is there another oh. half hour? I'm like... Yeah, I oh, thought the exact same thing. Oh, they're going to ruin this. Like, they're actually going to ruin this movie. <laughs> and sure enough, Chris. And, like... Yeah. We see like she's she gets on this uh this train with her little brother because she has like a little brother which is why which is a cool little fleshing out backstory like they say oh like she's working for the the public security because like they're gonna pay for her brother's surgery and like mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was gonna change her identity or like do something to where she'd be like you know exempt of all like crimes and all that stuff like yeah, you see I'd them. Like- you see them, like, right away on the train. Of course, Fusei's, like, you know, just chilling outside of the train, like, sees him, you know, drive by. And that's... that's and he disappears. And that's the end, Chris. I was, dude. And it, I was so pissed because, like, while I would have been 100% okay with these changes if they, if they built the story up that this is the direction it's going to go. But we basically still got the story from the anime and then they hit us with the swerve at the very end. Yeah. And... Like, it made no sense. Like, I could, I could 100% sympathize with our main character if, you know, if the, the, the tragedy at the school shook him and when he was down there in the sewers with the girl with the bomb, like, that brings up, like, that PTSD and yet that's why he freezes. But at that point, you need to you need to establish that he wants to get out of this, and he's done with all this bullshit. But instead, they stick to the narrative of him still being like deep cover operative, wolf in man's clothing until the very end. And all of a sudden, he has a fucking conscience. Yeah, you know, like that's that's the problem I had with it. And I mean, I guess they do still have like the PTSD stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But like, that's what makes the ending like sad in the first one like yeah in my opinion and, and when you're doing a live action you can really display those emotions like literally both of our main characters are crying and i'm like okay mm-hmm. no she's she gotta go that's how the story goes like <laughs> i've seen this one before i'm leonardo pointing at the tv screen like i've, yeah, seen, exactly. I've seen this one before oh <laughs> and then they just flip oh, we're not screen. doing that yeah it's like wait and it just dude it just takes away like it's like, oh, Romeo and Juliet, but Romeo and Juliet both live and nothing happens. Like, yeah, it, everybody it, it, lives it just happily sucks ever the after. oxygen out of the room. Yeah, it, it, dude, it. Oh man, it was literally going it, it, to be better than the end. Yeah, I, and it's a shame. It's an absolute shame that that's the route they took at the end. And I think had they stuck to their guns and continued to tell the same story, like I like the idea of our main character being just flawed and just has so many ghosts and just being so haunted by this stuff that it just it just shapes who he is and it's just he you know he needs to continue to be that wolf that he is yeah and he carries the weight like that's literally what he does he's literally carrying Mm -hmm. the weight all these burdens that he has and like Mm -hmm. that's just part of being like part of the wolf brigade like yeah that's what you signed up for bud if you got a guilty conscience go fucking go go be a traffic cop (laughs) And they just dude, they just flush it down the toilet. The last twenty minutes, I was just so disappointed. Yeah, and it's a shame because I did. I really, really liked this movie, but the ending was such a. And and I get it. So a lot of a lot of movies can't stick the landing. I get it, but like this, the the ending was already there. They teed you up. You had it. You had it. You didn't have to change it. Yeah. You know, like... if you're gonna change, if you're gonna change anything like that, you need to change the entire movie to. Bring us to that moment. Yep, one hundred percent. So, like, I have the time pulled up here, Chris. It is mm-hmm. at, at two o five and thirty something seconds. Mm-hmm. Just pretend there's oh two o five thirty six. Just pause mm-hmm. the movie if you're watching it. Pretend there's a gunshot and the credits roll. <laughs> yep, just pause the movie, pull up the ending of the anime, and just just call it. Yeah, because the last fifteen minutes. Oh man. I couldn't believe they botched the ending. I was so disappointed. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is going to be the first time this has ever happened, that, an, that the live action's been better than the anime. I don't think that's ever happened, ever. That's like, <laughs> usually yeah, it's... They 
almost had it. They almost had it, Cody. Until they added in this extra that isn't part of the source material of the United. I feel like there was some like executive Warner Brothers that was like, "Oh, we just can't kill the girl at the end. We gotta have the we gotta have the happily ever after, right?" Yeah, yeah. It, it's oh. it's almost like <laughs> this is way off topic, but Amazing Spider-Man Two. If you haven't seen it, here comes mm-hmm. some spoilers for Amazing Spider-Man Two. I didn't well, think twenty-year-old movie, so I didn't. <laughs> think, I'm pretty... I didn't think they were gonna kill Gwen Stacy at the end. I was like, "No way are they gonna kill Emma Stone on TV." I was like, mm-hmm. "I don't think they're gonna do this." And then when they mm-hmm. did, I was like, they actually did it. Son of a bitch, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all uh, they had to do was that, that. They just had to do it here. They yeah. just had to do it. Yeah, and it's, and it's what makes the, the story so, literally what makes the story a tragedy. Now it doesn't even seem like a tragedy. Now it just seems like, I, I don't even, it's just an action movie. that. Yeah, just the movie itself is now a tragedy. Yeah, now it's just an, an action movie with an extra 45 minutes of pointlessness because it could have dude just just a disappointment unfortunately um although i think i would rather watch this than the anime believe it or not i'm just gonna pause it at two minutes five seconds or two hours Mm -hmm. five minutes and 37 seconds (laughs) no absolutely absolutely and overall again overall i liked it up until the, the ending and with uh so with that being said, Cody, I mean, we're, I, we don't have much of a ranking yet for live action, considering this is only the second one. Are you going to put this one over top of Bleach, or is the ending enough to not give it that current top spot? <laughs> you said Bleach, Chris. <laughs> Did I say Bleach? I meant... Uh, you meant Death shit. Note. You know what I meant. Death Note. Thank you. Bleach, Death Note. It's all the same. Uh, I think I am going to put this <laughs> over the top of the Death Note live action. Okay. And here's why. For two hours, it tells a shot-for-shot... Better than the anime remake. Yes, I agree. Um, it's a it's a lot more, you know, it makes a lot more sense to make this into a live action where Death Note it's like super, you know, it's all supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the L in that movie just, you know, L pulls some bullshit in the anime. Um, <laughs> but like mm-hmm. L in that movie is just like, oh, I walked into a cafe. You're uh, you're like Yagami. I think you're Kira. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah, the, the... and I'm just going with that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think this is better than the Death Note movie. It's just they botched the ending. Yep. So bad, so bad. Yeah, I, I, I think you and I are in like 100% agreement on this. Um, it's of the two we reviewed, I definitely give this one the top spot for now. Um, because I, I do genuinely think of all the live action anime adaptions I've seen, this one overall is the best that i've seen oh yeah um yeah 100 i i totally agree with you there i mean i i haven't seen too many now that i think about it i i will say this i actually did like the ghost in the shell with scarlett johansson i actually did like that movie um whitewashing aside that whitewashing bullshit aside right but i i think that movie was was good and I could I could argue that one maybe for the top spot, but I mean I think this one overall is probably yeah I would hands down say this one might be the best that I've seen. Yeah, yeah I could I I could see an argument for Ghost in the Shell, and eventually we'll get to that like to review that mm-hmm. again on the podcast because uh, mm-hmm. I've actually only saw that in theaters once and I fell asleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I think it's because I had watched a bunch of Ghosts in the Shell like in preparation for it. Mm-hmm. And when I got, I was like, oh, same story. All right, I am. Yeah, you, you were just burnt out on it's it. It's kind of dark in here. The Mountain Dew isn't waking me up. I'm going down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the recliners were kicked back in the movie theater. It was over. Um, oh, no. But yeah, man, I really did enjoy this. I just could not believe they botched the end. Yeah, the and, work was already done for them. Dude, just, I, yeah. I was ready to like show all my friends this movie. I was like, you guys got to watch this. This this mm-hmm. is this is a first like the animated the live action's better than the anime I was like they've done it they figured it out <laughs> you did it, you son of a bitch but yeah they uh they definitely did not stick the landing on this one they are they're not even going home with the bronze medal they were they were in medal standing and then they uh they rolled their ankle at the end my friend yeah so when it in terms of what's better uh Elang Elang the Wolf Brigade or General Jinro takes the cake. Um, yep. But just barely. <laughs> no, just, just uh, they almost yeah, had do, it. Do I 
Do I still think this is worth watching? Absolutely. I, I think if you're if you're curious about it, go ahead and watch it, and you'll see what we're talking about. Or just stop at the two hour and five minute mark and thirty six seconds, like you said. Like Chris, what if we get to the end of the live action Cowboy Bebop movie and like Spike Spiegel wins? Like, <laughs> like, don't you wish that evil on me, Cody? Don't you dare! Don't like, you don't you say it? But like, what if that happens? Like, that's the only know. thing I'm worried about. But like. Man, I don't know if he if Spike doesn't die. I'm just I'm gonna. It's gonna be a very hard whiskey laden episode of Shonen and Sons. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, but with that being said, Chris, that is our uh, that is our review on. How do you say it? Along, along, along the Wolf Brigade. Along is how I and I even pulled up like the Google like hey pronounce this for me. Along <laughs> sounds great. Now, Chris. With that being said, you know what else is on Netflix? We're not. We're not going to Hulu. We're not going to Funimation. We're. Uh, yep, we got to do it. Um, we got season five of Seven Deadly Sons. Now, Chris, I've already started watching this. Um, okay. Mostly because I've just had a lot of free time since the move stuff. Like the big stuff's been moved. Um, mm-hmm. Starts off okay. It starts off pretty decent. Um, well, that's good to know. And then it. Goes seven deadly sins. Um, oh no! <laughs> it was funny because you messaged me and you were talking about Scott Steiner math for any of our wrestling fans out there, and I was feeling <laughs> the exact same way about these characters explaining everything that's happening on the screen because I was just like, "What? I like this show has way too many the, the most characters probably in anime history <laughs> in one show." To, like, oh my gosh. And a lot of them are a bunch of nothing happening ass. Dude, there were so many. Man. I was like, oh, I forgot they were in this show. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's Jericho. I haven't seen you in 20 episodes, but. I haven't seen you since season one. How the hell are you? <laughs> Good to see you. I remember we actually liked you as a character, and you haven't been in mm-hmm. any of this. Um, but yeah, luckily for us, Chris, it's only 12 episodes. So it'll be just one Thank and done. God. One week and done. Um, I highly suggest watching like a recap on YouTube because. Mm-hmm. They don't give us the Castlevania treatment where they kind of, you know, really bring you up to pace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of, like, rename the characters as it's going, and I'm like, wait, who's that again? And then it pops up the name, mm-hmm. and I was like, right, but... Good to know. Who is that? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's the <laughs> Archangel of no one gives a shit, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a... Uh, it, it's going to be rough, but luckily, one more week and we're done. And then, Chris, we're on to our year, our year special episode. We'll have some, it'll be a different episode. We won't be, you know, reviewing anything. We'll just be, you know, kind of shooting the shit. Um, yeah, kind of just talking about what we've seen and probably really diving into our rankings and reordering them, honestly. Yeah, because I think there's some things that we, maybe we were a little too harsh on or a little too nice on. And I, there's mm-hmm. definitely some things I want to, I'll probably rewatch that week um, just to kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to kind of get brought back up to pace. Like, I want to watch Metropolis again. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a couple other films. Mostly the so films. Cannon Busters, right? Oh, hell no. No, I'll listen to the... <laughs> yeah, I'll listen to the outro of Helsing and the intro of Cannon Busters, and then... Oh, man! That's man. My... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Not even, I love it. not even picking up on the mic, <laughs> but I know what you're singing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Chris, I love it. you know I got a busy schedule tonight, so I've got to. We're gonna have to cut this one a little bit short here. Um, oh, that is quite all right. Um, again, I do highly recommend watching along. I think it is worth watching. Um, the ending sucks, and you'll see if you didn't watch it with us, which you should have this week. Check. I highly recommend checking it out, and then next week we're all gonna su- we're gonna suffer together with seven deadly sins. That is right. And uh, once again, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the downloads, all the follows. We appreciate you guys. And uh, I'm Cody Snodgrass, and I'm Chris Adams. And as always, again, you, you could I couldn't have said it better than you, Cody. Just thank you from the heart of my bottom and the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>